Nashi and Nungshi Malik are India's Everest twins. They have travelled north to South Pole. At 30, they find their name in several record books. Post-COVID, they made their first expedition to Alps. Joining me on Turning Point this week are the twins Tashi and Nungshi to talk about the several twists and turns of their unconventional career. Thank you very much for being in this space. It's such a pleasure to speak to two women who are mountaineers. And, uh, you know, when one talks about you, uh, one has to say uh, India's only Everest twins. And the reason being, you scaled the Mount Everest. And recently, you went to the Alps and uh, scaled uh, two, uh, if I'm correct, two 14,000 peaks. So I'll start with you. I'll start by asking you about scaling the Alps and what led uh, you to your journey to the Alps. Tashi, if I can start with you. Sure. Well, that that was a good start. Um, actually, we did three mountains in Switzerland, but two of them were 14,000ers and one of them was 12,000 feet. Uh, well, this was an initiative by my Switzerland tourism uh, in India mm-hmm. and obviously as a, as a part of the Switzerland tourism, uh, we were invited for this 100% Women Peak Challenge, which meant this was an all-women's expedition uh, and we were a bunch of women who were to climb these uh, Swiss Alps in promotion of like exploring the Alps, but also to promote women empowerment. Because uh, very often when you look at the climbing world, you know, it's a it's still a male preserve and so to break that that stereotype to break that, um, you know, lens of like people imagining it to be only men's forte. Uh, this was a good initiative by the Switzerland Tourism to allow us to show that women can climb mountains and that mm. the sisterhood from all over the world, you know, we are here to send a message and that is that girls, any girl can climb. So I think it was a great, beautiful initiative. Good, good mm-hmm. start to the uh, Swiss Alps because it was our first time and we absolutely admired it. Nungshi, let me ask you, um, when I saw your footage, I saw the two of you and there were three other women who were tied along with you, tagged along with you in that long string that you had uh, attached yourself with. Who were the other three and how did you guys meet and decide to do the expedition together? Well, Rika, first of all, thank you for having us. Uh, it's uh, quite a pleasure talking to you. Uh, you're such a phenomenal journalist and we've been following your work as well. So uh, thank you for having us. Uh, so when uh, Tash and I went to the base in Zermatt, uh, we had three other women with us, two of them. One, of course, was uh, not very experienced mountaineer or climber, uh, a novice, you can say, pretty much. And one of them was representing India Hikes uh, in Switzerland. So she was a part of the expedition as well. Uh, we had uh, our guide, who is Carolyn, who understands the Swiss Alps wonderfully. And she was a main part of the expedition. Uh, so what you saw on the image was like all of the climbers roped in, which is uh, very necessary uh, considering there could be crevices and avalanche uh, danger. So it means that, you know, we, we've got each other's back. Uh, and if something happens to one of us, then we all face the repercussion of that episode. So uh, it was mm-hmm. quite fascinating because uh, Swiss Alps are particularly different than the Himalayas in the sense that they don't pose, I guess, uh, elevation challenge, like acclimatization challenge. Uh, they are mm-hmm. a little technical, uh, which means that the, the skills you need to climb that needs to be really well and profound. Uh, but... Having these women, I think Switzerland offers the opportunity to each one of us to go as a novice and summit a peak and come down. But I must say that mm-hmm. the weather on the summit was unpredictable and I think 
if if I'm correct, the wind knots went up to 60, which was quite crazy. Okay. It was almost like throwing us off the mountain, and it was a sudden drastic change in weather. But、uh, it was quite inspiring to have like all women climb together and make it to the summit. It was our first, anyway. So we were pretty stoked. Nushi, I'll have to ask you about one of the pictures uh, uh, there from your uh, expedition. Uh, it, it was it it felt like there was a storm that was following you as well. So did you get caught up in a storm? Was there such an experience while you were uh, uh, in the middle of the expedition? I think this could be the footage from Alalihon, the second peak that we did.、Uh, we weren't too keen to get out of bed because we had to start early in the morning. It was four,、uh, it was cold, and、uh, as we, you know, entered the the cable car, the you know, to go to the base, I remember just like looking outside the window and thinking, "Oh my God, do we really have to do this?" You know, it seemed like it was going to rain all day, and、uh, we were going to encounter some terrible weather. And as it turns out, when we started our climb. It was almost like the storm was following us. If you saw in the image in the backdrop, there's like these clouds just coming over and trying to engulf all of us in. But as we started ascending and and got to a point where、uh, we were slightly further away from the base,、uh, we realized that the weather was starting to clear out. It, you know, the、mm-hmm. the sun was coming out,、uh, the weather was beginning to open up, and it called for a for an awesome view from、uh, the place that we started our expedition. But、uh, it was cold. It certainly was cold, and I think、uh, as we approached the summit, even though the sun was out, I remember thinking whatever layers we were wearing, it wasn't enough. Like we could definitely stay more warm, and we should have definitely planned better. But、uh, we all managed to make it to the summit,、uh, despite I guess you know slightly off weather, and、uh, it was long. It was long and cold, but like I said,、uh, the weather was terrible in the morning, starting up, and it just cleared up as we reached the summit. So it was it was a good start. How was the view from the summit? Oh, Tash, how was the view? Do you remember? Oh, you remember I can tell you. I think I think why I love climbing mountains is primarily because of the view. It was so beautiful, and the Swiss Alps. Oh my gosh, so charming! You have this one gigantic mountain called Mount Matterhorn, and no matter where in the Swiss Alps you climb, it's such an iconic mountain that you get to see from any of the summit of the Swiss Alps. So I think it's a very beautiful. I mean, it's always difficult to describe it in words because the blues and the pinks and the purples that you see is something that is that are a treat to the eyes. But absolute, like the alpine glow with the orange light on the summit, and such a beautiful,、uh, you know, a culmination of what the mountains have. Like I think, without the view, mountains won't really、uh, be that special in it. Like it, it is definitely the view. Sounds heavenly, really.、Uh, let me ask you,、uh, Tashi. What's the prettiest? What is the prettiest climb that you you have had? Yeah, wow. So for me, I mean, having traveled and climbed all over the world, I think、uh, Everest has always been very special. Because I remember this one moment where just before the summit, you know, you get to see this beautiful. It's called like a. It's like we call it the pyramid in Everest, but it's like essentially a shadow of the mountain behind Everest, and that on the other mountain looks. Beautiful, like the whole pyramid, and I think it's one of the most pretty things you can see. No other mountain actually has that. I think it's the first time I've ever experienced it, so I think I'll have to give it to that. Very beautiful phenomenon. In fact, if you want a picture, we'll、mm-hmm. share it with you. It's beautiful. Yes, it'll it'll be it'll be so charming for me to even see something like that. So spectacular.、Right. I can see it through your lens. Nungshi,、uh, let、right. me ask you what what got you.、Uh, 
girls into uh, climbing? Where did it all begin? I understand that you girls are separated by 21 minutes. That is correct. Not separated by our passion, though. I think climb, you know, mountains and climbing has got us together so beautifully that it's almost like uh, calling ourselves inseparable, which is actually the adjective I'd like to use when it comes to the two of us. Uh, and Rika, just to quickly like shed some light on how we got into it by default. Uh, Tash and I never imagined to be mountaineers or climbers in our life. Uh, it was just, you know, by chance induction into the Nehru Institute of Mountaineering in 2009 uh, that really changed the course of our lives. Just one basic course. And that's all it took for us to realize that this was our deepest passion. And it was in 2010 that we submitted Mount Rudugera in the Indian Himalayas, one of our first big mountains at the time. It was about, uh, it is about 19,000 feet. And I just remember standing on top of that summit that day with my sister and looking at these vast, expansive, smaller mountains. It, you know, that day something big happened, something, you know, like almost like a revelation within us that uh, women can actually climb and sometimes they climb better than men. And that all this perception about what a woman should look like, a woman, a female climber should look like, uh, how they should be on the mountains, all those things didn't matter. What mattered was like we made our way to the summit of that mountain and that we were capable. So I think in terms of really realizing our untapped potential on the summit of that mountain, uh, it was, I think the, the floodgate had kind of opened for us. And this was uh, a deepest passion waiting to be discovered and there was no looking back since. So by default, and it happened to be uh, love at first sight or first height. <laughs> but I mean, of course, we always uh, we have this favorite metaphor we use, Riga. It's called like I think that was the first time we discovered that mountains don't discriminate based on gender. So the challenges the mountain throws on you is the same, but how you overcome those challenges is up to you. And I think that's what we've realized. And so I think obviously, partly you know, growing up, we've seen that like when you do a certain thing, uh, people don't tend to believe in your you know potential. And mountains didn't have that for us. Like we felt like so empowered. And we knew we could surmount any climbs after that. We knew we could climb any big mountain. It was just this beautiful mm-hmm. revelation within that we were capable of so much more. But because of our fears and because of the fears that society sort of puts in our minds, we restrain ourselves from doing it. And that's the biggest discovery we had that day is that, you know, if you really want to make a difference, you really need to do what you love. And the mountains were our way forward. So we knew we had to use that as a medium. Let me, let me ask you, were you never intimidated by the mountains? Wow. Well, for me, I think I have been intimidated by it many times, actually, to be honest, because they're so gigantic in nature. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's the beauty, you know, when something looks extraordinarily difficult, something looks impossible, and then you have this desire and the fire to like actually, mm-hmm. you know, push to your goal and achieve it that's something is very exciting because you know you're going against all odds and that's the beauty you know like you don't know it until unless you do it and the mountains they do intimidate me no doubt i think like i i think uh i become more humble and i know the value of like uh nature and mountains the kind of you know uh self-reflection we have on these trips uh so i think it's very empowering but at the same time yeah they can be intimidating i must say and it yeah, is challenging at the end of the day Yes, to me, really it's not you never found it ever. I think it just evokes a different sort of respect, and it just evokes a, a different kind of love 
an appreciation of the beauty and the elevation and just where it is above the clouds uh, but it never like to me was i ever daunting or uh, frightening or you know something that was uh, a place to be reached it just seemed like it just evoked such a spiritual connection that even when i looked at it it just was a powerful tool for me to kind of you know fight some of the in affairs that i had about me so it just you know mountains never intimidate me uh, they uh, make me humble and i think they just evoke a different kind of uh, respect and love for it so i'm quite surprised that she and she let me ask you what exactly did you do to break down your fear of mountains fear of heights that we uh, we may say so what is it that you really need really really need to enter a profession like this well i would say firstly self belief uh belief in yourself that you know if you want to pursue or push to your dreams you need to believe in yourself and that kind of comes with like determination and the courage to even think about it because sometimes you know we may have a goal we may have a passion but uh we don't really have necessarily have the determination or the courage to pursue it so i think really believe in what you're chasing after and go with that with full positivity because i feel like the more positive you are in life uh you know you are easily able to push to your push to achieve your goals so i think believe in yourself and uh if you are passionate about something give it all the commitment and determination it needs nunchi would you like to take that up me i think yeah fear is is a very weird thing to like even talk about because i i feel uh fear to me always uh, gave that impression that it always lies to you like every time i've been afraid of something uh but i've taken action and gone towards it and try to overcome it it just seems like it all this while i was just worried too worried about something that isn't too bad after all so for me i think action dispels fear and the moment i know there's something that you know frightens me or that can get me a little bit of chills i try to go after them because i'm like you know all this while it's always proved me right like i mean the fear always lies to you it tells you you can't summit a big mountain or you're going to lose a limb or your life but it never happens like that you know you, the moment you go towards it you realize actually it was it was an illusion so for me i don't like to keep fear in my mind or my heart for too long cuz it uh, you know takes me away from my productive side uh, but mm-hmm. of course it's not something that i've learned overnight it's taken me years to understand it and master it but there are times when we are scared of small things and uh, the only way forward is to kind of neglect uh, <laughs> neglect fear and keep pushing forward so for me it never yeah it never ever gets to me Sashi how does anyone get into a profession like mountaineering I I know rock climbing has become an olympic sport right. but not mountaineering so uh number one you know how do you get into a profession like this number two what are the motivations that keep you going Well great question I think this is a question that you know initially when we started out we had to ask ourselves that because uh, none of our family you know members or ever had even ventured out in a sport like mountaineering so these were the questions we kind of you know asked ourselves before entering it uh well mountaineering the beauty is you know unfortunately the sport um is one where you don't have spectatorship so it's not like any other sports where you know people could come and you know applaud you for what you do so it doesn't it lacks that kind of support and obviously uh, hence why people get you know restrain themselves 
but if you take mountaineering professionally there are ways in indulging yourself uh, in becoming professional with it which means that you could do up like an uh, a guiding certificate from you know abroad because they do offer like the IFMG which is an international federation of mountain and association they basically give you certifications for guiding around the world that's the biggest so once you're an IFMG certified guide you get to guide on any of these expeditions internationally so that's one um obviously second the, uh, the other thing is i think you know at least coming from india from our perspective we have found that this profession is still under uh, you know when you look at career options there aren't many um especially because of the certification we get in india you know so we are uh, basic advanced search and rescue and uh, instructor course certified uh, but they're not eligible anywhere except in india but if you do get them then you can guide within india and for most i know adventure uh, you know uh, passionate like uh, climbers that's become a thing to get a certificate and guide in india and do small treks uh, but when you look at a global thing then obviously you have to uh, you know really push yourself first of all ask yourself why you're doing it because until unless you don't have that strong conviction it's going to be really challenging uh, second obviously when you want to chase it i think there's so much information today sitting on a laptop you know you can probably look at so many courses mm-hmm. happening around the world and as long as your you know mind and heart isn't Well, find a way to you know pursue it, um, and that's what Nash and I we've been doing. We have been really trying to uh, you know uh, I would say refine our skills, not just in climbing, but also other adventure activities. Because you know we have realized that adventure for us is not just climbing, and now we are moving to more like what are the other activities? Well. Like uh, okay. there's paddleboarding, there's sailing. Uh there's mountain biking which is again an exciting adventure outdoor adventure mm-hmm. uh so really refining our skills in different uh you know disciplines because i feel like uh just restricting yourself to one skill doesn't help sometimes you need to be an overall you know when you look at an adventure sport you should be able to know other sports as well are you drawn in by any olympic sport oh wow if you ask me this question we got 10 years ago i would say i'm like we are such an athlete like we have always grown playing field hockey uh that was in school days and obviously now that we are aging i feel like uh, we are interested in rock climbing i mean the artificial wall climbing i think if not for us i think we'll be able to like at least train few girls in the future so that they are able to you know pursue this dream of olympics at least in the climbing fraternity so that's an exciting thing mm-hmm. just having uh, wall climbing speed climbing a part of olympics i'm so stoked Well I have to ask you what's the way forward for you I know you have several records uh, that are in the Guinness right. book you have uh, traveled the south pole the north pole mm-hmm. uh, what's next coming for you Nungshi What's next oh my god this is a very difficult question to answer <laughs> because whatever Tash and I end up saying it never goes as planned like whatever we decide this is going to be our future this is what we're going to do next but uh, we have a few interesting things in the pipeline uh, tash and i are really passionate about a uh, few shows that we want to kind of introduce in india adventure reality shows that we're passionate about uh, can't divulge in details right now but that's something in the pipeline uh, writing could be up the ladder something about our journey something about our uh experience around the world uh but there's already so much on the plate right now with our outdoor leadership school and running programs here so uh you know we are kind of doing so much work already here with our OLS and uh with the foundation of course uh, we hope to increase uh and expand our activities for next year uh within the foundation 
um, and there are different initiatives and, and creative ones that are coming up uh, that would be able to support more and more uh, girls in our society. So we are really excited about that as well. But we are now putting on a little bit of a creative lens with a lot of things that we want to do. Uh, we are, you know, some, but whatever we are doing, we're trying to find ways to spend time apart and kind of uh, build on our individual personalities because we've always been together, done things together. So we're just focusing on some creative, uh, you know, uh, disciplines for ourselves so we could just do that while we're away from each other um, so we're taken to dancing music like so many other things but we can't have our mind in too many different places because we get distracted so easily so uh, yeah we just have to say that for now but whatever we do largely would involve adventure and outdoors and uh, pretty exciting projects actually next year uh, that the two of us have on home. Tashi what about you? Wow, I think, yeah, like Nash pretty much said it all, but uh, like Nungshi said, you know, I think our life has been uh, a message. I think our vision also keeps changing based on what we do next. So I think, uh, yeah, after, I mean, in 2019, Nash and I competed in the World's Toughest Race, which was absolutely not in a five-year plan or 10-year plan, but that happened and that sort of opened up a lot more opportunities. Um, I do want to get, like my sister said, in the creative space, so more like TV space, uh, because I feel like still, I mean, when you look at international uh, you know, platforms, whether it's uh, Discovery or Nagy or any of these big, you know, shows, uh, there's still we lack like a kind of women mentorship uh, in any of these shows, like whether it's hosting a reality show or hosting an adventure show like NASET. So I think really bringing women in limelight and uh, pushing our way uh, into the TV space a little more, uh, because I feel like there's a huge potential in storytelling these days. And since we all are moving from, you know, literally after COVID, I think Everything is becoming so digitalized and so online uh, that I think our space now would be moving into that and really directing things. You never know, maybe a movie in the pipeline. So I think really getting our... Was this the first expedition that you went to post-COVID? Yes. Uh, Yes. Our very first. 100%. Thank you, Switzerland. (laughs) I know. Post-COVID. So exciting. And and then hence it must be that that much special, that much more special. Huge relief, wow. I tell you. And we didn't have to wear masks. Remember, Tash? We were yeah. in the country without wearing masks. Yeah. It was such a huge relief because we were literally the kinds who were who would never leave the space. Like mm-hmm. we would always be in the house, like never even step out of the gate. So for yeah. us to venture out and go to Switzerland, a new country where we've never been and then roam mm. around wearing without masks was absolute relief. So we are so lucky, very fortunate to have got yeah. that experience really post-COVID. Mm. Well, Tashi and Nungshi, thank you very, very much for joining me on this interview. It was splendid talking to you and I wish you get to climb many more peaks and quite literally. Thank you, thank you again. <laughs>